What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod brought to you by Sideline Sports. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and today I'm joined by uh, my good friend and fellow host, Salman Huck. What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, man? All righty. So we are recording today's episode on September 23rd, and what we are talking about today is a 2005 NFL draft redraft. Uh, so if you don't know the drill by now, we will be uh, basically redrafting the top 16 picks from the 2005 NFL draft. We'll also be talking about some honorable mentions, basically some guys that uh, were in the conversation for those top 16 picks. And then we will talk about the guys that did not survive the redraft, and we'll talk about why. Um, so obviously with the NFL draft, there's seven rounds of more than 200 picks. So we wanted to streamline it and keep it to the top 16 uh, and make things interesting. So we'll go ahead and get started with the first overall pick. Uh, so with the first overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers selected quarterback Alex Smith out of the University of Utah. Salman, who did you have the 49ers taking in our redraft? So I went, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, right? The guy they should have picked at this time. Uh, I think the 49ers, you know, just just had, you know, analysis paralysis. They just, you know, were like, oh, Alex Smith is so smart and Alex Smith is so this. And, you know, Rodgers, he's coming from Cal and he's from Jeff Tedford. You know, he's, he's not going to be a good quarterback. So I think they just, you know, overthought on this and ended up taking Alex Smith, too you know, by the, was the second best quarterback in this class still, but, you know, obviously Rogers would have been the pick here. So we talked about this, uh, Osama and I on the uh, Raiders uh, what ifs. And of course, one of them was passing on, on Aaron Rodgers, but 23 other teams did as well. Um, so of course, also, you know, just a no brainer decision. He's a hall of fame quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So he's also my number one pick, but what we talked about, which was interesting. I know you talked about analysis paralysis or paralysis by analysis uh, but the pick actually made sense at the time to go with Alex Smith man he was dynamite his senior year you know he was a dual threat mobile quarterback um you know maybe that's more applicable in this era of the NFL more so than it was in 2005 um but he was he was really good uh so was Aaron Rodgers but again it's not like they picked like a like a project quarterback like somebody that they had to develop and things like that and I think uh if Alex Smith was in a better situation then his career works out a little bit differently which he still had a good career um and then when it came to Aaron Rodgers we also talked about on the other podcast was that the reason that that he had so many doubters was because you brought up Jeff Tedford was a lot of those Tedford guys had flamed out uh you know Kyle Bowler Joey Harrington I want to say Achilles Smith as well. There was a few other guys. Uh, David Carr, I think, was also a Tedford guy. Uh, so they just didn't seem to work out. And it it made it seem like these Tedford guys would put up numbers in college, but couldn't hang in the NFL. Yeah, I think also uh, Rodgers had this like 
when he came into the NFL, he had this weird like side release. And so people were like critiquing that. Like, I remember a lot, like, I just remember reading a lot about Rodgers and why he's not a good fit for the Niners and blah, blah, blah. And like, and I talked myself into Alex Smith at the time too. I was like, yeah, yeah, they made the right pick, but you know, obviously redrafting Rodgers is the guy. Yeah. And he's a, he's not a Bay area guy, but he's a Northern California guy. He's a Niners fan growing up. The I mean, I remember reading that the Raiders passed on him because he was too small, quote unquote. Uh, so at, very, at the least, like you guys went out and got a, a good quarterback out of it instead of drafting Fabian Washington. So, you know, <laughs> you go. it all comes out in the wash. Uh, OK, so we'll move on to the second overall pick. So the Miami Dolphins selected running back Ronnie Brown out of Auburn University. Who did you have the Dolphins taking here? I went Alex Smith. You know, the Dolphins were starting Gus Farratt and Sage Roosevelt. Like, I don't know what the Dolphins are thinking taking a running back here. They definitely should have been targeting quarterback. And so Alex Smith, you know, still, like as you've said, still had really good seasons in the NFL, pretty good above average quarterback in the NFL. And so, you know, they they could have used this quarterback. They could have used Alex Smith and, you know, they, they bounced around quarterbacks for a long time. And so Alex Smith might've been some stability there in Miami. Obviously it could have been DeMarcus Ware here as well, but you know, they already had some decent pass rush there and Jason Taylor, Bonnie holiday, those type of guys. And they had a pretty stout defense. So I thought Alex Smith made more sense here. Totally valid. I, I see the reasoning. The uh, I will differ slightly uh, with you and I'm taking DeMarcus Ware here. So this, it, it was a tough decision because I know obviously quarterback is a premium position, but I think you take the, the sure thing, the 100% sure thing. And DeMarcus Ware is a first ballot hall of famer. I think he just got inducted into, hall, into the hall of fame this year. Um, uh, shortly after retiring, he's one of the greatest defensive ends in NFL history. Uh, he's just an incredible player you know, Super Bowl champion, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that he would have given Miami just, it would have just been an incredible defense. Like you look at some of the other talent they had on this team. They already had Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Kevin Carter, Sam Madison. Uh, so while Alex Smith does make sense as a pick here and, you know, their quarterback for the next 10 years or so, uh, they could have drafted DeMarcus Ware and had a Hall of Fame defensive end slash outside linebacker again also for for a decade plus so that, that's my reasoning for that pick yeah absolutely i can see that i can see that okay uh with the third overall pick the cleveland browns selected wide receiver braylon edwards out of michigan who did you have the browns taking here i went to marcus Ware here for all the reasons you just said right you know hall of famer you know, great edge rusher, great, you know, defensive player, just really elevates this Browns defense. I could see that they needed a quarterback as well, but, you know, with Rodgers and Smith off the board, it didn't make sense to go and reach for one of these other guys. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't, I think the next best quarterback might've been Fitzpatrick out of this draft. So it didn't make sense here. So I had them going with, you know, the Hall of Fame uh, defensive player and DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, this is a weird uh, quarterback draft. So, yeah, after the the Hall of Famer at the top with uh, Aaron Rodgers, you get Alex Smith, who's, you know, pretty good. I don't think he'll be, in, you know, inducted into any uh, rings of honor, maybe the 49ers, I don't know. But, yeah, after that, it's a bunch of crap. 
got you know guys like Andrew Walter, uh, Charlie Fry, like in the mid rounds, and then for some reason in like the end of the draft, there's three or four guys that were serviceable starters uh, or you know serviceable backups: Derek Anderson, Matt Castle, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So yeah, just a very bizarre quarterback draft. So I can get why uh, Cleveland would not take one of those guys. So for me, uh, Alex Smith is still on the board in my draft. So I had them taking Alex Smith. Um, so I don't know if he would have been the savior for this franchise. I don't know if he's that good, but at the same time, they did have a period of some relative stability here with Romeo Cornell as their, um, as their head coach for four years. They had one good season with Derek Anderson, ironically, who I think was taken by the Ravens in like the seventh round later in this, uh, this draft. Uh, they picked Charlie Fry in the third round. So they obviously knew that they needed a quarterback. And I think they had, they were starting Trent Dilfer at the start of the year. So yeah, Alex Smith, again, not, maybe not a franchise savior. As we saw, he couldn't save the 49ers until Jim Harbaugh came around. But um, I think he just makes the most sense here for the Browns. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Next up, the uh, fourth overall pick, the Chicago Bears select Cedric Benson, running back from the University of Texas. Who did you have the Bears taking here? I still had them going running back. I had them going Frank Gore. You know, it looked like Chicago really needed a running back. I mean, I know they had Thomas Jones on the roster, but I think he was it's around this time. He was like pretty injury prone. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I thought he's got pretty injury prone. So they, you know, and then he kind of came on again later in his career, but you know, this, you put Frank Gore in that offense, they wanted a running back that could just, you know, be a workhorse that could just carry this offense. Um, and, you know, Frank Gore was that guy, super durable, even though he's coming off two ACL tears, that's why he fell in this draft. I think he went third round pick 65 here to the Niners. And so, you know, that's, that's the only reason he fell, but he was a first round running back with minus those injuries. And, you know, and he somehow, was one of the most durable backs in the NFL and, you know, he put up hall of fame numbers and he's probably going to be, he's going to be a hall of fame guy. And so, you know, that's, that's the pick here for Chicago. Yeah. So as we'll see in this draft, I mean, drafting a running back high was still, you know, in vogue. Uh, we'll see, you know, there's three running backs taken in the top five of this draft and the Cedric Benson pick. I don't, I wouldn't say it made sense. Fully because uh, Thomas Jones, I mean, he, he was healthy. You did say that you thought he was injury prone, but, you know, he's playing 14, 15 games pretty regularly and starting 14, 15 games. So obviously not all 16, but that's that's pretty good for a running back. And he was still relatively young, too. Um, I guess with Cedric Benson, they saw the potential and he had an incredible career uh, in Texas. He had, you know, 5,500 yards, almost 70 touchdowns. Uh, so yeah, he was a special, or he looked like a special player and, you know, Texas with these big time running backs, Ricky Williams, Earl Campbell, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I, I get why they kind of saw stars in their eyes, did, but did, did they take Thomas Jones pretty, pretty high too? Like, I, I want to say Thomas Jones was a first round pick for him too, or second round pick. Thomas Jones was a first round pick for the Cardinals five years. For the before. Cardinals. That's so what it was. Yes. He was still a first round pick, but yeah, he was, he, again, he was still pretty young, you know, in his, you know, mid to late twenties. So not. And super he, and he old have a anything. slight career revival in Chicago a little bit. He did. And that's kind of the irony, right? Is after they drafted Cedric Benson, I think he had the best year of his career. He had like five straight, 
you know, at least 11, 1200 yard season. So he was really good, uh, which is another reason why I think this was a wasted pick for Chicago. Uh, so I had them taking the best wide receiver in this draft by a country mile. And that is Roddy white. Uh, so Roddy white had, um, he went 27th overall to the Falcons. He has, you know, 10,000 yards, 63 touchdowns, and would have given them a really good receiver to pair with Moosin Muhammad. Um, I know they were starting, I think, Kyle Orton at this time. So, you know, not, not a great quarterback, but we've seen that quarterbacks can be elevated by great receivers. And I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that Roddy White was a great receiver, but he had great years. Um, I think he had, uh, he was an all pro one time, maybe twice, you know, multiple time pro bowler. Uh, and you don't stumble into 10,000 career receiving yards. So, uh, I, you know, I think this pick makes sense for Chicago. Good pick. I like it. All right. So next up, the third running back taken already. Um, and that is with the fifth overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected Cadillac Williams running back Auburn. So not just the third running back taken, but the second Auburn running back taken in the top five. Uh, so who did you have the Buccaneers taking here? I had the Bucks going Logan Mankins, who's a guard. They clearly needed offensive line depth. Uh, and, you know, he was a good starter, I believe for the Patriots. And, you know, he, he even was a one-time first team all pro. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at this advanced metric called uh, average value, and it's just basically they're trying to like put like a number on like, you know, how well a guy played throughout his career. But he's he's the second uh, rated guy in terms of uh, his AV, so so he's pretty an impactful player, and you know I thought it made a lot of sense uh, to put him down in Tampa, and I think ironically enough he played his last few years in Tampa. So make pick makes sense. Um, he again, like you said, he is the second best player in this draft according to that uh, approximate value or weighted value. I think that's a proprietary football reference stat. Yeah, I, but I think they've. It, it's pretty interesting how they come up with it, but it's a pretty good measure to see how guys rank up. Yeah, it 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 adds up. <laughs> so the best guys usually have the best metrics, and the worst guys don't. So it makes sense. Um, I thought this was a little high for an offensive guard. I know we've seen, you know, in our other redraft, we saw Quentin Nelson uh, get drafted this high. I think he was drafted pretty high in, in real life, but he's like a multiple time all pro. Whereas Logan Mankins, I think was only an all pro once. Right. Um, yeah. So great player. Don't get me wrong, but I had him a little bit lower here. Uh, so I had Tampa Bay. Uh, so a little flip-flop here. I had them taking Frank Gore. So they needed a running back. They picked Cadillac Williams, who was really good his rookie year. And then just had a, a bunch of injury problems. So like you said, it's ironic that Frank Gore, the guy with two torn ACLs, ends up becoming the most durable, basically the most durable running back of all time, uh, you know, with the amount of time that he played. It just makes no sense. Uh, the funny thing is about Frank Gore is that he's never been an all-pro. That's crazy. Wow. So, yeah, uh, not even – I don't think he's even made second team all-pro. Wow, really? Um, I'm sure he's made a few Pro Bowls in his day, but – uh, I don't think he's ever made an all pro team. And I, I made a point, I think a few years ago, I tweeted that uh, Frank Gore, he's, he's like that Honda civic that you <laughs> see on the road. It's like that 20 year old Honda civic. That's just chugging along, uh, you know, can go for three, 400,000 miles 
as long as you stay on top of your oil changes. And a lot of Niner fans took offense to that. Um, it's the truth. It's the truth. It really is, man. Especially in that, the, especially yeah. in the twilight of his career, he was that he was just this guy. He gave him the ball. He just kept getting carries. He kept running, and that that's what he was. I mean, he was brand new when the Niners got him, but yeah, honestly, it's fine. It's good, good reference, right? And especially like fresh out the uh, out the dealership. I mean, he had a almost seventeen hundred yard season his in the second year or in his second year back in 06. but since then he's just been running, just chugging along and. He, I don't think he was ever the best running back in the league. I don't think he was ever top three, but he was always really, really good. Um, and it's funny that he's, you know, despite all this, his injuries, whatever, whatever, he's third all time in wow. career rushing yards. You believe that? He has 16. Oh, exactly. I believe it. Exactly the guy's been playing for like 20 years. <laughs> 16,000 yards. <laughs> rushing exactly on the dot which i thought was hilarious uh yeah right behind emmett smith and walter payton it's impressive and yeah so he's a special player just a, he's a very unique guy just the longevity is, is is incredible so yeah i don't know if he would have stayed in tampa as long as he did in in san francisco but i think given what you what you could get out of him and the fact that he was so special early on in his career uh makes this pick you know kind of a no-brainer for me All right. So with the sixth overall pick, the Tennessee Titans selected uh, Adam Pacman Jones, defensive back from West Virginia. Uh, who did you have the Titans taking here? So I went Roddy White. Titans had absolutely no wide receivers, literally guys who would not even make practice squads in this NFL. So he's obviously an instant upgrade. You talked about his career numbers. He's a good, you know, good player. Had some mon monster seasons, uh, you know, three, four years where he did really, really well. And then, you know, he was a starter for 11 years, one, one time all pro selection, first team all pro selection. So, you know, just instantly upgrades that offense for the Titans there and gives them an act. And at a wide receiver, you actually know, <laughs> minus the guys that are currently on their roster. So Roddy White is uh, is not on my list or is not on my board anymore. Uh, he's you know taken fourth overall by Chicago. So I had the Titans actually taking a player that they took in the second round, and that is offensive tackle Michael Roos. Um, so he was just a really good offensive tackle. He was an All Pro three times, uh, made the Pro Bowl once, which is oh it's always funny to me when when that happens. I guess you know you do, you take fan voting into account and things like that, but the All Pro list is the true definition of a great player and to do it three times um in 11 years or 10 years is is really great he never missed a game so he was a true iron man um and decided to retire on his own terms so not a flashy pick but um he's also a guy that can play both right and left tackle though he did play uh left tackle for the majority of his career in tennessee yeah he's a he's a good offensive tackle here on the off coming off the board for you all right so next up with the seventh overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings select Troy Williamson, wide receiver out of South Carolina. Who did you have them taking here? Ideally, you know, they would have gone wide receiver or running back here, but no good values here. Cause I mean, I, I think the Vikings traded Randy Moss and they're like, Oh crap, we got to get the Randy Moss replacement. And they thought Troy Williamson was that guy for some reason. And then at running back, they were starting Moel D. Moore. I mean, maybe he had a good fantasy season, but really not a good running back. And 
but overall the Vikings had a pretty good defense. So they just needed some pieces on offense, but I still ended up going defense here. I took Trent Cole, who was a solid, uh, you know, defensive end. He had a 12 year career, had 90 and a half sacks one time, uh, second team, all pro selection. So just overall productive player was taken in the Eagle by the Eagles in the round five pick 146, I believe. So just, so I, I just thought they could use another pass rusher. Just, you know, add, add a talented guy to their roster. He, he put up numbers. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised to see that he's the uh, uh, sack leader um, in this draft by quite a few, uh, or sorry, not, not the leader, uh, but second after DeMarcus Ware, who had almost 140. Uh, I like the pick. I went with another defensive end instead, uh, Justin Tuck, who I think is a little more two-dimensional. I think he's a better defender against the run. Uh, bigger guy. I think he also brings an element of leadership. Um, so he's a two-time pro bowler, two-time all pro two-time super bowl champ. Um, and I think I just, I liked him a little bit more than Trent Cole again, because of that versatility and the fact that he was just so good against the run and he brings that leadership element. Um, he was also a Raider for a year. So I'm a little, (laughs) (laughs) a little biased here. You know, you know, it's funny. I did have, I initially was thinking Justin Tuck here, and then I was looking at more at Trent Cole's like sack numbers and stuff. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go Trent Cole here because he just has a little more better sack numbers. I mean, it's not like, like I said, it's not a bad pick. And uh, spoiler alert, I have Cole going off the board very soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, with the eighth overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals selected uh, Entrell Roll, defensive back out of the University of Miami. Who did you have the Cardinals taking uh, eighth overall? I went Thomas Davis, linebacker. Uh, he obviously was a very productive beast of a linebacker. Would have paired really nicely with Carlos Dunlap, who was already there in Arizona, just giving them this really good linebacking corpse. I had him. I, I have Thomas Davis rated a little bit higher than Derek Johnson, who would have been another option here. And you know, looking at if you look at Arizona's roster at that time, I can see why they went on trail roll. They had a need at DB, had a need at running back, but you know. Thomas Davis was just, you know, too good of a player to pass up here at this point. Do you remember when Thomas Davis broke his forearm in the NFC championship? Okay. Yes. Yes. My goodness. <laughs> yes. So he had a broken forearm and he still tried to play. I think he did play. He did. Uh, he played through it a little bit. Yeah. Um, unfortunately they did not win. They lost to the Denver Broncos, but I remember his arm looked like a football the way it was stitched up. So uh, I think that tells you everything you need to know about Thomas Davis. I also have him going pretty soon, but I went with Trent Cole. So a little bit later than you, just to pick later. Uh, I think you mentioned already that he was a fifth round pick. So he's one of the true values, uh, you know, a a true hidden gem in this draft. Um, So 90 and a half sacks and the second leading, uh, you know, sack artist in this uh, draft after, uh, DeMarcus Ware. And I think he would have made this defensive line really good. Um, he would have partnered with, you know, Darnell Dockett and uh, Chike Okiafor. So would have given them a fearsome pass rush. And of course, he could play some outside linebacker as well. So no disrespect to Thomas Davis, but I, I couldn't leave Trent Cole on the board for another pick without snatching him up. All right. Next pick. Uh, with the ninth overall pick, the then Washington Redskins selected Carlos Rogers, defensive back out of the University of Auburn. 
So that's uh, three Auburn guys uh, in the top 10 here. They were really good that year. I think they just missed out on the national title uh, the year before. But anyway, they picked Carlos Rogers. So who did you have them taking here? I went Vincent Jackson. Uh, Obviously passed away, so rest in peace, Vincent Jackson. But there was a clear need for a wide receiver in Washington. Their best wide receiver was Santana Moss, who really wasn't that great. So, you know, Vincent Jackson, if you look at his career, had had a few good, great seasons with the Chargers and Bucks. Really productive guy. Uh, He's just an instant upgrade here to the Washington wide receiver room. He could have also made an argument here for the Red, Red the Redskins now Commanders to take a young quarterback to you know succeed Mark Brunel, who was their starting quarterback at that time, and I think they had Patrick Ramsey, who was just absolute garbage. But it seemed like wide receivers seemed to be a bigger need. I also see why they went Carlos Rogers here. They had a need for defensive back, so I, I did even debate keeping Carlos Rogers here. But you know, Vincent Jackson was too good of a value to pass up at this point. I think you just like Carlos Rogers because he had his best season with the Niners. He, later, hey, later man, he was good. Later. He was good on the Niners, so maybe, was, maybe there's a slight bias there. <laughs> I, I can't uh, can't deny that. He was good. Uh, so I had them taking also, – I also had them taking Vincent Jackson, uh, rest in peace. So he was a really good wide receiver. Um, he was probably the second-best wide receiver in this draft. I think he may have been more talented, perhaps, than Roddy White, uh, but he was just an incredible deep ball threat. Um so, you know, he's not far behind uh, Roddy White in terms of uh, receiving yards. He has 9,000 compared to uh, Roddy's uh, 10.8, but he has 300 less recept- or fewer receptions. So it goes to show wow. you the type of receiver that he was. Um, so 9,000 yards, 57 touchdowns compared to 63 for Roddy White. So, yeah, he could stretch the field. Um, and one thing I, I, I noticed was that uh, his career average is almost 17 yards per reception. So that's, you know, more than Randy Moss. That's more than Tyreek Hill. Um, wow. And it's pretty close to Deshaun Jackson, which gives you an idea of the speed and explosiveness that the suit had. But of course he was also really big um, yeah. and could, you know, I just, I remember, you know, when the, he was, he was on San Diego for a few years to start his career. Um, and I think we didn't mention, but he was a, he's a second round pick. So drafted 61st overall. And he was just terrorizing these Raiders defensive backs, these little baby DBs <laughs> <laughs> that he was just, you it, know, mossing left and right. It's basically kind of like DK Metcalf, right? He's kind of like what DK Metcalf is right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good parallel because he was so physically imposing. Um, so him, uh, there was another receiver on the Cardinals, David Boston, if you remember David him. Boston. Uh, just, garbage, garbage. <laughs> he had some good years, but he was also he had like just, two. He had like two, just physically imposing. Just yeah, not just bigger than everybody, but stronger than everybody. Like maybe if he gets another, throw another 10, 15 pounds on him, he can play tight end. Uh, but of course, with the explosiveness that he had, uh, he had a really good career. Uh, and yeah, it's it's sad the way he he passed away. I believe he had an alcohol problem, uh, and that and you know was the reason that his life ended. So yeah, rest in peace, Winston Jackson. You were incredible football player all right so we'll continue with the receiver theme here uh so the 10th overall pick the detroit lions selected mike williams wide receiver from usc so who did you have the lions snatching up here i went ahead and took Derek johnson here i think the lions needed a linebacker uh they were starting james davis and boss bailey at linebacker two of their linebacker spots so 
Derek Johnson, I felt like was the best available defensive player here. Uh, he would have been a great leader for this team. You know, he was, uh, I think he was an all pro selection one or once or twice. And, you know, he was just a great leader for that Kansas city team that took him in the first round uh, pick 15. So I think he would have done the same for the lions and just provided great leadership and been an overall really good, you know, defensive player for them. He was really good. He was, I don't know if he was ever the best linebacker, but he was really good for a really long time. Um, so I give the edge here to Thomas Davis, uh, who is still available on my board. So all the same reasons that you mentioned, really, uh, but a slightly better player, I think, in Thomas Davis. Uh, gives him an up, instant upgrade over the guys you mentioned, Boss Bailey, et cetera. Uh, played 15 years in the NFL for a couple teams. He could have been a centerpiece of this Lions team um, and brings a, a lot of credibility and leadership. Uh, you know, these elite level middle linebackers can really transform a defense and a team's culture. We've seen it time and time again, you know, with Ray Lewis, Luke Keekley, more recently guys like Fred Warner, uh, Shaquille slash Darius Leonard, uh, guys that just can transform a defense. And I think he's one of these type of guys. So, um, yeah, I didn't have him dropping too far. So, all right. Next up with the 11th overall pick, the Dallas Cowboys selected uh, linebacker defensive end DeMarcus Ware from Troy. So obviously DeMarcus Ware is no longer on the board. So who did you have the Cowboys picking here? I went Michael Roos, uh, the, the tackle who was drafted in the second round. Uh, so obviously he had a few all pro selections. I think he was one, one time he was a first team all pro and then the other times he was second team all pro. But, you know, Dallas is starting two bad players at tackle, and Bruce would have been a building block. He was a nine-year starter in the league. I think he decided to retire after nine years because he was just like, I'm done. I don't have more to do here. But, you know, he would have given him solid protection. I think at this time, Drew Bledsoe was their quarterback, so he's all the offensive line help he could have gotten. And so I went Michael Roos here. Solid pick. Um, so obviously, Roos is off, off my board. Um, so I'm taking the best offensive lineman statistically uh, in this draft and one guy who's still on my board here. And that is Logan Mankins. Um, so I know we talked about his, we already talked about his credentials, his advanced analytics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Cowboys, they did have issues at tackle, but they also had, uh, you know, two guards and Larry Allen and Marco Rivera who were very good but they were both in their mid thirties. So you definitely want to build some depth behind them. Maybe he could have played center. Maybe he could have played some tackle just to get him out there because obviously he's such a talented player. Um, so yeah, Logan Mankins, the Cowboys seem to always have an off, a good offensive line. And when they don't, they have a really bad offensive line. There seems to be no in between, nope. but uh, yeah. I like it. All right. The, with the 12th overall pick, the then San Diego Chargers selected uh, Sean Merriman, linebacker. I should say Sean Lights Out Merriman. Got to get his, <laughs> uh, his, his nickname in there. Uh, linebacker from the University of Maryland. So who did you have the Chargers taking here? I went Cameron Wake. He was actually undrafted in this, uh, in this class. I think he played in the CFL for a couple of years. But he was at least of a pass rusher, and he played 11 years in the league. He actually is number two in this class, but pro football reference doesn't show it because he's technically undrafted. But he had 100 career sacks. 
And, you know, he was just a great player for the Dolphins, pretty, pretty much a steal for them. And so, you know, he would have came in here in San Diego. Um, San Diego was starting some guy named, I'm going to butcher his name, Igor Olshansky on the edge. I, who the hell was that? Uh, so, you know, he would have just came in and just been a good productive player for them, I think. I mean, I think at the time when they took Merriman, great. He was a good pick. You know, you saw, he had all that potential to be kind of this, you know, really good linebacker, but obviously had a lot of injury problems. I think he played three years of really high level football and then he was injured and then he was out of the league by year six. So that's, that's why I went Cameron Wake and not Sean Merriman here. I was very jealous of this pick when <laughs> I saw your notes. I will not, uh, not lie here. Um, first of all, Igor Ilshansky, he was good, but he was more of like a three, four defensive end. So definitely not a uh, pass rushing type. Definitely wasn't going to be playing outside linebacker for anybody. But anyway, Sean Merriman, he was good. He was really, really good. He was a defensive player of the year. Uh, uh, but like you said, he had a bunch of injury issues and he had some weird off the field stuff. I think he was involved with Tila Tequila at some point. Um, I'm dating, I'm, yeah, I'm dating myself with this reference. Uh, probably most people don't even know who that is anymore, which is a good thing. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> He was really good. He had the great celebration. He was looking like he was going to be a superstar. Um, you know, he looked like he's going to be the next in a line of great defensive players for the Chargers, you know, Junior Seau, uh, Rodney Harrison, and then Sean Merriman. But of course, injuries, uh, you know, stopped him from doing that. So I, I completely copied you on this pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I saw was, I said, Oh shit, that is a great pick. I did not even think about him. So yes, Cameron Wake is also my pick. Um, you know, he also, he did play three years in the CFL. Uh, I don't know why he went undrafted. Maybe he wasn't big enough or strong enough at the time, but, um, he came through, I think he played until he was 37 or 38. Yeah. Um, I think so he, he just retired like two, three years ago. Yeah. Which is really impressive for a defensive end. Um, so yeah, he was an absolute monster. Uh, when he he came in, he had a uh, several uh, double digit sack seasons, um, and he was on some bad Miami teams. But he was, you know, usually one of the best players. Uh, I think he had, yeah, he had one, two, three, four, five, five double digit sack seasons, which is really wow. impressive for an undrafted guy. That's really um, impressive. Yeah. So shout out Cameron Wake. All right, uh, with the thirteenth overall pick. The New Orleans Saints selected offensive tackle Jamal Brown from the University of Oklahoma. Who did you have the Saints taking here? I went uh, Richie Incognito. So, you know, obviously Saints kind of needed help all over this line. Jamal Brown wasn't a bad pick. I just thought Richie Incognito was maybe a little bit better fit or a little bit better talented guy here to kind of put at the guard spot. I think he originally went round three, pick 81 here. forget who drafted him originally. But the uh, Rams, the Rams. Okay. The Rams drafted him. And so, you know, I just, the Saints, Saints are pretty bad team. Uh, and at this point, and so they just needed help all over. They could have taken best available, but I thought it might, might have made sense to start building that line, especially when they bring in Drew Brees the next year. So, uh, just know, just obviously knowing that, that Drew Brees is coming and start building the line for that guy. So, uh, that's why I went with G incognito. Makes perfect sense. Um, I had them taking who I thought was the best player left. Um, and that is Derek Johnson. So everything you said about him and Thomas Davis applies here. Um, talent, 
leadership, et cetera. The Saints, I think, were a two and fourteen this year. They were really bad. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Brooks is starting at quarterback for them. So yes, so <laughs> that's that's all you need to know about uh, how they did as a team. I think he had a couple of good years, but anyway, they were really bad. Um, and Jamal Brown was good. He had, I think, one All Pro year, but he had a lot of injuries. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, so I think Derek Johnson is a really safe pick. I think he's really good, really talented, and could have helped you know transform this defense. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm going with Derek Johnson. Okay, so with the 14th overall pick, the Carolina Panthers select Thomas Davis, linebacker from the University of Georgia. So obviously, uh, Thomas Davis is no longer on our board. So who did you have them taking instead? I went Justin Tuck here. Uh, Panthers, had a little, looking at their roster, it's a pretty solid roster. So they had the luxury of kind of taking best available player here. And that's Justin Tuck, you know, has... Like you mentioned, you know, he's good against the run, good against the pass, could, could rush the quarterback. He had 66 and a half career sacks. I think is, you know, he had a, some, at some point in his career, it was that he had a few injuries that kind of slowed him down, but, you know, overall really productive player, good, you know, team leader. And he would have just, you know, came in and, you know, once Julius Peppers and those other guys that left the defense, he would have just you know been there in a good solid depth piece. And he, I, he ended up playing 11 years so far. So he's a, yeah. he's a good player. So he was, he was really good. Um, so I had them taking uh nose tackle Jay Ratliff, who was also a, who was a seventh round pick. So another, uh, you know, hidden gem in this yeah. draft. So he was actually picked by the Cowboys um, and he was excellent for them. Um, so, you know, nose tackles don't really put up big numbers, but um, he was a four-time pro bowler. He was an all pro. Uh, he had a, an 11 a year career. So he had some longevity. I think it would have been a great fit in Carolina. They already had a uh, superstar defensive lineman in Julius Peppers. So I can only imagine, you know, the type of damage that he could have created uh, if Jay Ratliff was in the middle. Uh, they already had some good linebackers too. So even though they missed out on Thomas Davis, they still have Dan Morgan uh, back there who was pretty good yeah. as well. Uh, and like you said, Carolina had a good roster. They were a good team. This was the Jake DeLome, Steve Smith era. So they were pretty stacked. Um, and I think a player like Ratliff makes a big impact without the stats. And I think he's, uh, which is a, a huge jump for him, which is, you know, yeah, pretty notable. You see it a lot in the NFL, obviously <laughs> going in the seventh round is one of the top, top 15, you know, 20 players in a, in a, in a class. So. Yeah. All right. The next pick, and we're getting down to the end here uh, with the 15th overall pick, the Kansas city chiefs selected Derek Johnson linebacker from texas so he's off our boards who did you have them taking instead i went braylon edwards the guy who was taking uh number three overall in this draft uh, the chiefs clearly needed a wide receiver they were starting sammy parker and eddie kennison and you know roddy white is always off the board Vincent jackson's off the board here i thought you know braylon edwards might be the third best receiver in this draft he looked like he was going to be a big time bust given where he was drafted you know People expected a lot more out of him, but he went to the Browns. So, you know, he didn't really have a quarterback here. He would have been paired with Trent Green. And so, you know, I think it, it's actually surprising that Braylon Edwards at some point did make and wasn't all pro for one, one season. He was a second team all pro in 2007, I believe. And so, you know, I think put him in this Chiefs uh, offense here. He probably has a much better career. Uh, and we're, we're talking about him as maybe someone who's, who, who would have well-deserved 
have been a top five pick in this draft, but you know, given what how his career ended, it's it's he's still here in the first round. For sure. Um, so I had them taking Braylon Edwards as well. Uh, I think it, the pick made sense, uh, or the pick makes sense for the reasons that you listed. They did not really have um, very good receivers, and you know, it would have been good for Edwards because he gets to play with a good quarterback in Trent Green. So. Uh, I think he had his best season as a pro with uh, Derek Anderson, but the, the the quarterbacks that this guy had to play with, you know, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, uh, Mark Sanchez. I think he had a cameo in San Francisco um, and in Seattle, but this was at the tail end of his career. So yeah, I think uh, in San Francisco, Troy Smith was throwing them the ball. Like I think Alex Smith was hurt, something like that. Like he, like you said, really yeah, bad quarterback. So not great. Uh, so Trent Green would have been the best quarterback for him, you know, in his career by far. Um, and I, I really liked him as a player. Uh, I thought he was, you know, supremely talented, physically talented, uh, and he would have been a great fit here alongside Tony Gonzalez, who was, you know, the de facto number one receiver in Kansas city and this Kansas city team went 10 and six. So if you can, you know, imagine what it would have, what it would have looked like or what this offense would have looked like. They're already, I think the sixth best offense in the NFL. So you throw in Braylon Edwards, uh, they probably would have been even better. So yeah, shout out uh, Dick Vermeil and Trent Green <laughs> for that. And last but not least, the with the 16th overall pick, the Houston Texans selected Travis Johnson, defensive tackle out of Florida State. So who did you have the Texans picking here? I went Darren Sproles. I have no idea who Travis Johnson is. Like, I don't even remember this guy from this draft. That's like how bad of a career he probably had. So I went Darren Sproles. I thought the Texans needed a running back. You know, Sproles was electric. I had a decent career as a running back and, you know, obviously made his living collecting the balls out of the backfield. And so, you know, I think his career stats are he had 23 rushing touchdowns and 32 receiving touchdowns. So total 55 touchdowns, but obviously more receiving touchdowns than rushing. So I thought, you know, it would have been a good, good back there. You know, obviously Carr had the worst line in the NFL. So maybe this guy is that dump off outlet for Derek, D- David Carr, not Derek Carr. Um, and then maybe he doesn't take as many sacks as he, as he did that year. I could not take a running back here. I'm sorry. <laughs> and oh, sorry. Sproles <laughs> went round four, pick one three. I mean, it's slim pickings at, at, at this point. I get it. I get it. So I had a guy that you had a few picks earlier. Uh, so Richie Incognito is my pick here. So he was a third third round pick. Um, Houston was awful this year. Um, and David Carr got sacked almost 70 times um, this year. I think he got sacked 76 his rookie year. And then he had a good couple years and then got sacked a ton of times uh, this season. So Richie Incognito would have been an instant upgrade. Um he can play all three interior line spots. I think he started his career as a center uh, with the Rams and then uh, played primarily left guard. But yeah, he could play all three guard positions. And aside from all of the controversy that he had, you know, with his time uh, due to his time with the Dolphins, he's just a really good player. He's everything that you want from an interior offensive lineman. He's uh, big, he's physical, he's nasty, uh, and he's durable. Uh, until the tail end of his career. I think he really only missed time uh, because of a suspension that he was suffering or that he he got, uh, you know, levied against him for, for everything that happened during, uh, again, that tenure in Miami. So he's just really good. Um, and I couldn't, couldn't leave him off my board. 
Yeah, I, that if he was on my board, I, he probably would have been my pick here too. Yeah, he probably would have started for. He definitely, right he definitely would have started right away. <laughs> my goodness. All right, so that is it for our redraft of the top sixteen picks. Um, so of course, you know, with two hundred plus players being taken and uh, some undrafted guys doing well, um, who were some of your honorable mentions? Maybe some guys that were right on the bubble. Yeah, one guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, taken in round seven of this draft. I thought, you know, he. I think he would have been a first round pick in this draft. You know, given how many teams needed a quarterback. So I think some team would have pounced on him there. I had Chris Myers, who was a center slash guard. Uh, he was a, picked in round six here of this draft. He was also, you know, probably the next lineman up, maybe between him and uh, Jamal Brown. Ontrell Roll, who was picked in this draft in the pretty high uh, round one pick eight. And then Pac-Man Jones, also Khalif Barnes, another tackle. I think he went in round two here. Carlos Rogers obviously had to shout him out, having a good career there with the Niners. And then Jonathan Babineau, another defensive end who had a pretty decent career uh, and was a pretty good pass rusher. So there's just a couple of guys. I mean, the list could go on. I've seen some of the guys on your list. Forever. And yeah. Like, I, I was like, damn, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I got to stop myself. I'm already at like six, seven guys here. I'll, I'll just stop here. But obviously I know. I think <laughs> some guys on your list too. So. Yeah, if you look at like the you know leading rushers, you had guys like Brandon Jacobs, Marion Barber. Yeah, um, yeah, Marion Barber. You know they were really good. I don't, I wouldn't have put them in the um, you know top fifteen or maybe even not first round picks. But uh, so some of my guys that were actual you know guys that I actually considered um, for the top sixteen. One was Lofa Tatupu. Uh, linebacker i'm surprised you put him in your honorable mentions he was really good man um i know it's i know you laughed but but he was on the seahawks for i want to say five years i remember Um, i remember and the only reason i i couldn't include him was because of uh the injuries and the fact that he had a short career but he he came second in the uh defense rookie of the year to sean merriman pro bowler his rookie year and he was an all pro yep yep first team all pro Yep. So he was really good, but again, his career didn't last very long. Um, Entrell Roll, Adam Jones, two guys I also considered. Uh, Jamal Brown was right on the the bubble here for me as well, even though he had some injuries. But yeah, man, you just look at the undrafted guys and some of the late picks, uh, just big, not just big names, but just really good players that, uh, you know, it shows you the value. Like you can get Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, the undrafted guy, Josh Cribbs was undrafted. Uh, Heath Miller was uh, definitely the best tight end in this draft, and he actually has the second most uh, receptions uh, in this class. He was a really good, you know, tight end for the Steelers for a long time. Yeah, uh, third leading receiver. So maybe he should have been in the top sixteen, but he was always good, not great. Exactly right. Like he was just this, like average tight end. Yeah, maybe I could I should have taken him over Jay Ratliff or something. But it's, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard, it's hard. It's hard to ignore the all pro. Exactly. It's hard to ignore That's that. what it is. Yeah. You know, so shout out Heath. And then of course, um, our guy Hamza Abdullah. Oh yeah. A, uh, great player. I think seventh Grandpa. round pick for the Chiefs. Or sorry, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, uh, right? He, and then he, he hung, hung around. Chiefs. Yeah, he hung around for a long time. Uh so yeah, shout him out. Uh, all right. So that's it for our honorable mention. So uh, 
there was a number of guys that did not survive our redraft. So um, yeah. it's kind of funny is we we actually had the same guys. Yeah, uh, I think so, right? We, yeah, hundred percent that we did not include. Um, so we can just go through quickly. Uh, okay. We do sort of a, a lightning round of why this guy was not uh, redrafted. So we'll start with uh, Ronnie Brown, who went second overall. He had a decent career, but obviously not worthy of the number two pick. I think he might have snuck into the end of the first round here in this draft or maybe the second round pick, but not not worthy of the top 16. Yeah, he was the third leading rusher in this draft. Uh, more memorable for the Wildcat offense than yeah. actual production. So makes sense. Uh, but yeah, probably a first round pick. Um, all right, next is uh, Cedric Benson, who went fourth overall to the Bears. Um, so yeah, why didn't he make it? He had maybe like two, three decent years, but overall just a waste to take him in the first round he was just not a very productive nfl player for the most part uh i don't know how many years he ended up playing in the nfl but he just for most of it he was not productive so he uh is the second leading rusher in this draft um with six thousand yards ironically enough he had a sort of career resurgence with uh cincinnati where he had three straight thousand yard seasons. Oh, that's um, impressive. Yeah. That's, I was, I was like, I know he had like two or three good years where he did pretty well. Yeah. He was good for the Bengals, but not, you know, for the team that drafted him. So mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Um, next up, uh, Cadillac Williams. So he went fifth overall. Um, so why, why didn't he make it for you? Just, you know, those injuries, right? Like he came out, looked, Looked like he could have had a decent career, but, you know, just too many injuries, just couldn't get to that production that was needed out of, a you know, running back you're taking in the first round uh, in, in the top five, right? So I think, I think you know, given all we know about him, he probably would have gone undrafted in this one. Probably, yeah, or been a, I wouldn't say undrafted, but he would have been a, a, a day three pick, like yeah. rounds four to seven. Uh, That's fair. You know, he had a couple well, one really good year, and then that everything else just okay. Like he only topped a thousand yards once um, yeah. in his career, so that says everything we need to say. Uh, next up, Troy Williamson, who went seventh overall. Yeah, this, this is absolute. He was just a bust, man. He, I don't, I, I think the Vikings took him for his speed. He was supposed to be a speedster and could have stretched that field and like, oh yeah, he could probably replace that what Randy Moss does, but he just never did. He was just absolutely horrendous. I, I don't think he stuck around very long in the NFL, and he absolutely, I don't think, had much production in the NFL either. So, Yeah, he played five years for Minnesota and Jacksonville, um, 24 career starts, 1,100 career yards. So yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, he had, uh, yeah, his, his whole career is somebody's good season. So exactly. that was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Entrell Roll went eighth overall. He did not make our drafts, our redraft. No, I did put him in my honorable mentions. Uh, he obviously had a decent career. I think more his career was a little bit better when he went to the Giants, and he I think he moved over to like safety and stuff. So I he just didn't see him enough for him to be in the top sixteen. But I think you know, obviously in the top thirty-two, he would have been there. Yeah, he's the. Uh leading uh, interception guy 
Yeah. <laughs> Interceptor. Interceptor. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, he has the the most interceptions in this class. Uh, two-time second team all pro uh, for the Giants, like you said. Uh, and he did have a career resurgence when he moved from cornerback to safety, which you know he played for the most part uh to the end of his career. I mean, looking back, I think he probably should have made it, but I mean it's only 16 picks. It's it's tough to get guys in. So uh he's showed that he was worthy of a first round pick. Uh maybe if he played safety from the jump, he would have been a better uh player for uh Arizona, but he had some good years for them. So okay. Uh next is um Adam Jones, so he did not make our redraft, and why? Yeah, I, I, obviously he's a very talented player. Uh, you know, had had the speed, had the quickness to kind of get back in coverages. Bit of a knucklehead. Uh, you know, remember the whole strip club incident with him, things like that. So uh, that for those reasons, I just left him out of my top sixteen. You know, it was a little bit of a knucklehead early on in his career, but you know, obviously. He was in my, in the, I think I put him in honorable mentions. So I, I probably would have still taken him somewhere in this first round, but just not in the top 16. Totally valid. I think that that makes sense. Um, he missed two seasons, uh, 07 and 09. He was completely out of the league. Um, and, you know, he had, but he had a resurgence with, uh, with the Bengals and he actually made an all pro team uh, when he was 31. Um, wow. So, yeah, he always had the talent. He was just, like you said, he was a knucklehead, always getting into trouble. There was always some sort of off-field issue. Uh, I remember when uh, he smashed uh, Amari Cooper's head into his helmet and for some right. reason wasn't wasn't thrown out of that game. I forget, did he shoot himself in the strip club? Something weird happened with him. I forget exactly what happened. Or he just got shot at in the strip club. Was that, was wasn't that a keep to lead? Uh, something Burris. happened with Placico Burris. I think was the one who shot himself in the in his in his own leg, carrying his own gun. But I, thought, I think Pac-Man Jones got shot at or something. So I don't know. These guys do too much shit. He's to just he's with. a goon. Like he's like yeah. a hockey he's goon, goon, but in the yeah. NFL, you know, him and like Vontez Burfict were the, <laughs> the the perfect, you know, yeah, uh, Cincinnati Bengal defense, right? All exactly. Goon yeah, they got all the goons. They got Burfict and and uh, Pac-Man. So. Yeah, I he probably would have still been a first round pick, but you know, I just I for this, you know, everything you said, I couldn't I couldn't pick him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh Carlos Rogers uh went ninth overall. So yeah, I I again honorable mention guy. I just couldn't see the need for him in the top 16. Uh obviously there were some teams that needed DBs, but you know, it seemed like a lot more needs were on off on the offensive side of the ball for a lot of these teams. So Carlos Rogers was left off, but obviously had a great uh, career with the Niners uh, after he left the Commanders, aka the Redskins. So that was the. I, I just left him off just because there was an, a need or a fit for him there. This seems to be a theme with a lot of these guys is they don't do so well uh, on their original team, but then they move somewhere else. So just like Entrell Roll, he goes to another team, becomes you know has one All Pro season, one Pro Bowl season, uh, and and that's it. So. But I think if you're taking a guy ninth overall, one Pro Bowl is is not what you're hoping for. So. Exactly, and that that Pro Bowl was with the Niners, I believe. It sure was. Okay, uh, Mike Williams, wide receiver out of USC, went tenth overall to the Lions. 
yeah, this was a weird one. I, I, I feel like he was like, he held out a little bit and things like that, but he just did not have a good career uh, similar to Troy Williamson. Just, you know, the production wasn't there. I, I can't remember. Did he sit out the entire year? I think he sat out the entire year before he played with the Lions. I think he just held out because he, he just held out. Playing, okay. Yeah. He did end up playing. Okay. Yeah. It was just a weird situation, but you know, he was kind of a slow guy and more of a possession guy, but he just, he just didn't look good. I, I don't know why the Lions were in on him. Yeah. This was that period where they kept picking wide receivers and it never worked out. <laughs> they picked. Oh, he missed a year uh, at USC. That that's what happened, right? He said, "Yeah, he yeah, play a year at USC." That's what it was. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, they 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 picked Carlos Roger or sorry, Charles was it Charles Rogers? Charles Charles Rogers. Yeah, uh, number two Roy, overall, and and I forget which draft, but I remember that. Yes, and then they had Roy Williams as well. Uh, so it was, this was the Matt Millen years where they just couldn't couldn't draft, you know, yep. who they wanted, uh, mm-hmm. or they couldn't not who they wanted, but they couldn't they just kept screwing up these high profile draft picks. I just, yeah, I remember him being really big, but slow. Um, so maybe if he played tight end from the beginning, maybe, I mean, he's listed maybe. at yeah. six, five, two thirty five, like that. I think that's what that's Darren a tight Waller end to is. me. Yeah. I think that's a tight end to me in this NFL. I, yeah, I think Darren Waller's what six, six, two forty or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think like even Travis Kelsey is somewhere around there. So yeah, so maybe give him another 10 pounds and he's playing tight end somewhere in the NFL. But yeah, he bounced around a lot. You had one of the, he's very similar to Troy Williamson, where his his career is somebody's, you know, good season. So yeah, exactly. Unfortunate for him. Um, all righty. And then we have uh Sean Merriman. So we talked about him, but he went 12th overall. Um, uh, so yeah. Obviously, talented guy, just you know, the injuries, he was out of the the league in six years and you know if if he if he had more than three good seasons we'd, we'd be talking in him about him in a different light so that's just really it it's the injuries that derailed him and he hung around for a while that, that was the impressive thing is i think teams i mean san diego kept giving him a chance he played six years with with uh the chargers he was defensive rookie of the year um all pro three times or sorry, twice to start his career, uh, had a 17 sack season his, his second year. So started his career with 10 sacks, 17 sacks and 12 and a half. So yeah. maybe one of the most talented players in this draft, he could have had a DeMarcus Ware type career, but unfortunately, yeah, could not, could not stay healthy. So, right. And then last, uh, but maybe, uh, maybe least, <laughs> Travis Johnson. Uh, you know it's bad when they don't have your picture on football oh, reference. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was like, who is this guy? I don't even like I don't even recall him being drafted. Like that's how bad it is. Like I remember Troy Williams saying, I remember Mike Williams. I just don't even recall who Travis Johnson was, what school he came from, why he was even a first round pick. Like I don't remember anything about him. I mean, some of these defensive linemen are anonymous like anyway because they're not putting up big stats and i think houston they had a track record of drafting defensive linemen and they, they they've obviously hit on a few they got mario williams jj watt uh jordan babino i think was drafted by them mm-hmm. uh, a couple other guys but they also had some weird picks this is one of them uh, just not a very good organization uh, and it shows with, with a pick like this so yeah he played a total of uh six seasons played four seasons with Houston and then two with, with San Diego uh, before being out of the league. Uh, 
didn't do much at all. I know he's a defensive, you know, interior defensive tackle, defensive lineman. So he he's not gonna be putting up big stats, but yeah, he was kind of anonymous. So so yeah, not last and least. <laughs> Maybe Troy Williams said, I don't know. He only played five years. Or but at least you remember years. his name. Like, I don't even remember Travis Johnson's name, man. Like, that's how bad it was. I, I probably had him on a fantasy team or something. That's probably, uh, Troy that's, probably, that's probably why, yeah. That's probably why we remember Troy Williams. In the and then Mike Williams was, you know, he was cool. He was, uh, he was on those uh, really good USC teams, and then he just, you know, yeah. flamed out. So. Yep. All right. So that's it for our show uh this was a great draft this was a deep draft very weird also draft in terms of the quarterbacks um and it's it's really rare that we see you know i don't know four out of the top five maybe eight or nine shit yeah ten nine out of the top ten or sorry eight out of the top ten did not survive the redraft so a lot of busts early on uh but also a lot of talent later in this draft so uh yeah appreciate your time Solman. thanks for coming on uh yeah of course thank you everybody for tuning in once again this is the 4040 vision podcast brought to you by sideline sports you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at 4040 vision pod or the 4040 vision podcast uh make sure to follow like and subscribe on all podcast platforms spotify apple stitcher etc etc check us out hit that subscribe button and then let us know Hit us with some feedback also on Twitter, on Instagram, and let us know which draft you want us to cover next. Type of people made the club be